Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. A camel no. Right. Boys, you know, like in you know, like in local areas, you have a Facebook group which is, you know, it tells you about things that are going on. Oh, there's a pothole on fucking plough lane. Avoid the potholes. Mm-hmm. Or oh, someone's been knocked over. Jesus Christ! Well, people slow down. The bins have been left out for too long. You know, it's that that kind of group. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love them. I'm yeah, I love them. I'm, I'm obsessed with them. <laughs> my, my one lo- local to me is devises issues. All right. Anyway, so devises is, is uh, about a hundred miles. From Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, I woke up and had a little peruse on Devizes issues, and someone's posted this: 
FIFA to investigate new breakaway Super League involving, involving European top clubs, specifically to find out how Spurs are involved. What? Like... Devises issues is digging out Tottenham, and you're not even allowed. <laughs> the thing is, you're not even allowed to post this meme stuff. You're supposed to post local issues, and this one's right. so, the, the admin are gone. You know that is funny. That we'll let that slip through the uh, the net. Uh, joined on the line by Callum. Hey, hey bud. Uh, we've got John Bass. What up? We've got Alex from Bristol. What's going on? Uh, we just wanted to do a you know just a you know, cheeky little uh, podcast and reaction to what's been happening over the last. Um, you know, there's been a lot going on. It's a lot going on in the football world, but a lot of loads going on at Tottenham that we haven't even properly discussed. So we are gonna, we are gonna, we are gonna discuss the climb down of Tottenham Hotspur and the statement that's um, that, that that's come out of the club from Daniel Levy. But before <laughs> we do this, can we just give a moment to chat about Ryan Mason and why he should be given a, a four year contract with no clauses? Because <laughs> I did you see his interview, Alex? Yeah, lovely, wasn't it? Wasn't it nice? It was it was very nice. He's uh, it's nice to just be excited. Like we've talked, I've been talking with T about like tactics and who's going to play where and stuff this morning. I haven't done that for about eighteen months, and we have so, no idea, which is great. Exactly. So um, no, it was it it was nice, and he, you know, like he said all the right things. The PR machine is in overdrive, but it's just not. I'll, I'll eat it up. Give it yeah, to me. Yeah, of course, because we've had we've had a absolute like you know as, as much as I've defended Jose Mourinho over the years. Uh, what, 17 months um he's his press conferences generally in the last six or seven months have been horrendous um so it's just nice someone talking positively about the club about the players and just saying we want to play attractive football um oh. you know uh, aggressive and 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 um you know playing football that people who follow the club will be proud of it's like someone it's like he's it's like he's he's pulled me to one side he said oh come 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 here mate it's it's been a tough time for you, right? Just come into the office. Come in, let's have a chat. So he's put the kettle on, and, and he's uh, he's. I've sat the other side of his desk, and he's on one of those wheelie chairs, right? And he's just wheeled himself out from the back of the chair, and he's kind of scooped <laughs> his way over on the wheels over over next to me, and he's just said, "Come here," and he's put, he's put my head on his lap, and he's <laughs> and he stroked my head and said, "It's going to be all right now." Yeah. Okay. Things 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 will get better. Okay. Do you want to do you want a little lie down? Do you want to have a nap here for an hour or? And that's and it just feels lovely, and I'm I'm here for it. Like you know, we might get done four 0 by Southampton tonight, but it doesn't matter because right now we've got this, <laughs> and all we can hold. You know, I'm a big proponent of living in the now, and right now, I'm just happy. I loved this press conference. It sounded like he just ripped up, ripped out everything that that um, Pochettino had said uh, in his press conference. I'm going to make Mourinho, proud. not Pochettino. Fuck no, you. Pochettino. No, he, he, he'd taken Pochettino's opening statement and just said, I'm, essentially the key part was, I'm going to make oh, you proud. Said, I'm going to make you proud of Tottenham again. And I'm like, yeah, come on! <laughs> uh, John, what did you make of, uh, what, what do you make of Ryan Mason's position and what he, what, the, the pressure on him? He's 29 years old. He's younger than, uh, you know, several members of our, our senior squad. Um, he's managing players that he never got near to in terms of quality. But as we've said many times before, you know, Nagelsmann never played at the level. And and Ryan Mason may well be Nagelsmann. You don't know. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Like, um, Al and I had a, a fictional podcast planned uh, called Passion and Gravy, which was like a real man's podcast um, about what, what, you know, what real footballers are about and what real football is about, which is, which is passion. And obviously it was a bit of a joke, uh, 
around the idea of like passion and real football men. But what I've realised is that is actually all you have to say to get me on board as a manager. (laughs) It's just talk about passion and 50-50s and love for the club and all that stuff. I fucking love it. As soon as I saw that interview, I was in, like completely sold. Absolutely, 100%, I'm, I'm available for this. In terms of like how we performs, I think the game... And I was thinking this in the kind of final few weeks of, of Jose. Like, I think we still live in a world where the media particularly play up this idea of like an enforcer as a manager, like someone who's going to scare the players and they respect. I think those days are a bit gone now. I think players want someone that they like and that will take a lot more time. And the arm around the shoulder is used a lot more than the kind of stick approach and the hairdryer mm. approach of like the Ferguson days. I think just think they're gone. Players are different. They're a lot more pampered. They don't need it, basically. If they're going to get shouted at every week, they can go somewhere else and not get shouted at and still get paid 300 grand a week. So I think Mason's in a good position where, despite his age, he's got quite a mature head on his shoulders. Well, he's gone through a lot in the last few years, hasn't he? Exactly. mature him. You know, stuff like that does age you. Not age you uh, physically, and sometimes it does, I guess, but, you know, mentally he's had to go through a lot and and, and learn a lot. Uh, and, and I think that will hold him in good stead. Yeah, and also, mate, I... I th- think as well like if you uh if you look back at kind of Poch's era and um, when Mason was going through all those issues there was there's a couple of clips going around yesterday when Mason was in the studio for a, for a Spurs game and, and Poch kind of like particularly singled him out as a player who'd like done a lot for him in his time and if you think about what he did on the pitch like he was he was good under Poch but ultimately Poch knew he wasn't you know up to standard on the pitch but he saw something in him from a personality type and his well, attitude to the game him. trust him to do exactly. what he's asked to do which means he understands so, uh, yeah. tactics. Exactly. So I think uh, I think he's got he's got something. He's got something, mate. Well, we'll see. We'll see. And um, you know he can't lose really because all right, no one expects him to to beat Manchester City and Pep Guardiola's Manchester City on um, on Sunday. So he's kind of a free hit there. Um, not that Daniel Levy will get away with that at all. He's got to take some responsibility if we don't win. But but Brian Mason gets a free hit, which is important. The pressure's off him. And it is towards the end of the season. I think because the pressure is off, that maybe he you'll start to get a tune out of, out of some of these players and just play with a bit of freedom. Cal, what do you make of it? Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think you know for the last for the last you know two, three, four months, uh, I've been quite uh, damning of the players uh, because what you want to see from from them is to is professional pride and to play for the shirt. But what we have to realise is at the elite level that that's just not enough. Like, to just ask them to have professional pride and play for the shirt is not enough. They need to feel wanted and they need to feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves. And and Jose obviously wasn't wasn't doing that for them. And so now we have this guy who, like you said, you know, his career ended really early. And it's someone who's been through a whole lot and had his career taken away from him. So there's someone there for them to look at and go, fuck me, he's been through a lot and fuck me, he cares about this football club. And that's that's really good. And it's also really good that they've got Chris Powell there as an experienced head and they've got Michelle Vorm, who's almost one of the lads, really. He's someone that's been around the squad for the last three, four, five so years. Has he, who knows. has he been brought back in? Sorry, because he, he was let go, wasn't he? Yeah, so he kind of retired. He He was let go by Spurs after he did that little short stint um, end of last season. Uh, and then he actually retired from football. Um, so I don't know what he's been doing. He's been doing badges or whatever. But then 
when Ryan Mason took over, they brought Michelle Vaughan back in as goalkeeper coach on an, on an interim basis as I well. I don't think they Which brought he... him back in. I reckon he was just milling around and they were like, he was just sort of hanging around by the uh, the canteen. By the... Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's just... been hanging around outside the entrance. All right, lads, all right. No, no, he, he never left. He's never, he's been oh, using right. the, he's been le- using the rooms in the, in the training room. And they like, I got to say, Michelle, mate, I know, you know, you did a lot for the club and, you know, mm. you, 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 I mean, you, you weren't great, but you, you stuck around. You was happy to sit on the mm. bench. You got to go though, mm. mate. And he's like, no, I will, I will go, I will go, I will go, I will go. Just got to get mm. another packet of wheat crunchies from the canteen and I'll be off. And uh, yeah, he just kept using these excuses to kind of mill around the football club. And now mm. they're like, well, he's a goalkeeper. We ain't got one. We've sacked everyone. Let's get him back in. I think that, that may be do we think that perhaps his missus kicked him out after the the football money stopped coming in and now so now he's living at the training ground because yeah. that's the training ground's fancy in it it's like you know Mourinho said on his first day oh the ho- it's like a hotel here mm. and maybe he just thought you know what his missus has kicked him out and he's just been living at the ho- living at the training ground for the last year or so but i think like like alex said earlier on i think it's exciting to just think about the football again to just think about you know the just the team and playing exciting football again, and I'm you know you guys have said already really looking forward to tonight, and I think it's going to be, uh, you know I think it's almost another free hit. They've got nothing to play for. We're preparing for a cup final, um, and it'd be good for us to play some like he said aggressive attacking football again. Yeah, well, I don't want to talk too much about Southampton because we've got to date the pod too yeah. too early. But um, let, let, let's move on to the um, the the the, the the managers that have been linked potentially. We've talked about Nagelsmann before uh, and Brendan Rodgers is also, I don't know if you noticed that his statement yesterday, he said Tottenham Hotspur are a massive club, but I'm focused on what, what I'm doing right now, which is not a brush off at all. You've heard that from managers so many times. And that makes me think just on that quote alone, that if Spurs came in for him in a serious way, if we're willing to stump up the compensation that Brendan Rodgers would be open to coming to Tottenham. So, that's another sort of obvious conversation that, that, that people have been having. But Sari has been mooted today. That doesn't fill me with a great deal of hope, Alex. No, no <clears throat> me either, to be honest. Um, he, there were bits and pieces I liked about him. Like, you know, the whole Kepa thing in the, in the, um, the cup final when Kepa refused to come off. I like, you know, it, it showed that, all right, he didn't, he didn't get his way in the end, but, Oh, he was put in, a, in an impossible situation. I thought he managed it quite well, and I kind of came out with quite a lot of respect for him. I'm not 100% sure about what his, I don't know, what his kind of philosophy is, and, and his just personality is quite meh. Um, yeah, do we so, want another dour manager? Yeah, I, you know, I, I said this the other day. You know, like, I, just, I want someone I can really, really buy into, and I'm not sure sorry would be. I pref- I'd prefer a younger manager. I would prefer... Um, someone, someone of that ilk. I'm not a massive uh, fan of Brendan Rodgers. I can see the logic behind it, though. Um, yeah. So, but I'm open. Like I said, I, I'm open to, to things. I'd rather not have another ex-Chelsea manager. I don't know what that says about things, but I, it just it doesn't something that I'd rather not have. Um, I, I don't know. Usually, there's there's someone I really want. Like Nuno was someone I was uh, was big on for quite some time, and they've been boring for two years, haven't they? Yeah, I don't. I, maybe, but then again, then I think well, maybe you know, with better players again, and 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 maybe a bit more freedom around budgets, you know, at least compared to to Wolves, maybe that will change as well. I, there isn't anyone that I think. Do you know what? Yes, absolutely. Nagelsmann obviously is, is being touted all over the shop, and as I said the other day, there's people who I who I trust that seem to think that that would be 
the way to go and he, and he fits a lot of the things that I think I could get behind with but I don't know enough about him to be like yeah he's my man uh, John Marcelo Garcia Terrell has been linked with a job what do you think you'll bring to the you know to Tottenham I don't know who that is <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> I, feel like, I feel like that was one of those you know those videos that go around about like oh um, so apparently Arsenal been linked with Horelio Halalala and then they're all going yeah yeah quality player man. yeah quality it ran through my mind like I don't know who he is should I just make it up I have no idea who that is uh, Cal anything to add you know what? If you would have asked me the question, I would have said exactly the same thing. <laughs> I have no idea who that is. Is that the Bill Bow coach? Yeah, it is. Congratulations. Oh, one point yeah! for you. One point for you. I, mate, I have no idea. Uh, let me just read you the first line of his Wikipedia. Uh, Marcello Garcia Terrell, known simply as Marcelino, uh, in his playing days, is a Spanish football manager and formerly player who uh, played as an attacking midfielder. He's currently manager of Atletico Bilbao. Athletic Bilbao. Um, I'm, up, yes. I'm up for someone. I'm up for someone I've never heard of. Yeah, like Poch. Like Poch. Well, we knew yeah, but we knew who he who he was. But obviously, when I remember when he first came into Southampton and and they sacked Nigel Atkins and stuff, and it was all a bit. I, I remember it was on Monday night Monday night football when they'd done it, and and Gary Neville had kind of put together a piece of of, of what to expect, what to what to expect from Pochettino, because no one knew really. Um, and it was bang on. I, I remember that 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 show vividly because I remember the time of football. He said that he expected him to play in it, and he did it. And it's what we saw at Spurs as well. So I, I'm 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 all right. I I can go with that because I think you'll get more grace period and a, and a bit of mm, let's wait and see. But um, he's got to be able to get. I know this is a bit sort of Brexit and whatnot and and sort of gammon, but he needs to be able to speak fluent English in the press conferences. That's important. Well, we've heard from Levy before, but that's a big that that's a big thing. Now, obviously, you know, with Pochettino, never used to do it, and then it was kind of one of the conditions one that that he that he needs to. So, I, I would assume that that would that would that would be a given now. Okay, uh, and let's just talk about what's been going on in the last couple of days, boys. Um, this is the statement from Tottenham Hotspur. We can confirm that we have formally commenced procedures to withdraw from the group development pro- pro- proposals for the European Super League. Chairman Daniel Levy has said, we regret the anxiety and upset caused by the ESL pr- proposal. We felt it was important that our club participate in the development of possible new structure that sought to better fin- and ensure financial fair play and financial su- sustainability whilst delivering significant increased support for the wider football pyramid. We yeah. believe that we should never stand still and that the sports should constantly review competitions and governance to ensure the game that we all love continues to evolve and excite fans all over the world. We should like to thank all of those supporters who represent who presented their considered opinions. Uh, <laughs> Billy, Billy T put a great tweet out. Who just he was screen recorded. He taught, he typed uh, Levy bald cunt and then just wrote all, <laughs> of, all of the tweets. Um, what well, yeah. are you are you happy with that statement, John? So the, the statement itself is is very gutless and generic and non-committal as far as i'm concerned i like me you and al did the pod earlier in the week about about this whole process and i think we were kind of all agreed that this was this was very like calculated this wasn't just posturing like they'd got this plan and i think we were all kind of concerned that actually the match day going fan doesn't really concern the club and to a certain extent that's kind of evident by this statement but what i think has definitely been clearer to me is that I actually think they thought fans would like this because otherwise I think they would have just carried on and ploughed through. I think they're actually, they are actually shocked how unpopular this is. 
and that to me just shows like how disconnected they are to the match day going fans and to fans at general in general about football because otherwise they would have ploughed forward with this plan and just gone well we kind of don't give a shit if you don't come because we're going to get all this money and we're going to move forward but i actually think that they they genuinely thought we'll announce it there'll be a few people that will you know be upset about it but in the main people want to see real madrid versus spurs every week and i just think it's completely caught them off guard and so this this statement is has just been kind of cobbled together to be non-committal and not a kind of admission of guilt or a mistake that's been made. And it's pretty gutless. There's not really an, a proper apology in there, is there? There's not really a... There is none. There is a, none. An no. emotional, impassioned, like, we really got this wrong and we're really sorry and we're really going to make it up to you. It's just like, we did this thing and now we're not going to do this thing. It's, we, it's we, we regret the anxiety and upset cause. We're sorry if you're upset about this. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're sorry, sorry if, if you're offended. But yeah, we're, we're, sorry, we're not sorry for doing it, but if you're a part of the society that is offended by this, we're sorry to you. I'd go further with it. I'd, I read it and the thinly veiled contempt for every single one of us it was disgusting. It made me want to just sack the whole club off. Like, because it's, it talked about, oh, uh, you know, we were in there because we were developing proposals about, you know, no, you weren't. You'd already made a decision about about what you wanted to do. And I think John's right to an extent in terms of I don't think they expected the backlash that, that they've got. But I don't think he, I don't think there's a, an apology in there because I genuinely don't think he has, he feels like there's anything to apologise for. He thinks that this is the best thing for, for Tottenham Hotspur PL, you know, as a, as a company, yeah. as a business. And, and and won't apologise for that, but but you know has has been forced into this into this position. Honestly, Matt's statement was the worst of the lot. Yeah, the yeah, worst yeah. of the lot. It's, I mean, mean, it was, and it was the fact that Tottenham and Liverpool, particularly, were kind of still hanging in there towards the end. You know, when everyone else had kind of gone early or, or made noises about going. Early. I'm sure they made the decision at that time anyway. But it was just that left me with a sour taste. But that statement was. I've been a big defender of, of Daniel Levy and Enoch really so, because just off the the pragmatic sense of things and where we are, where we were when they took over and where we are now. Right. Um, I think on the whole, it, it's been good for the, for the, for the club um, <coughs> to move towards those side of things. But, you know, we, a couple of months ago, I read Daniel Levy's opening notes in the program on the, the week he joined. Right. And the way he talks then compared to the way you ever hear him, see him talk, whether it's in a formal or more informal situation now, is so different because back then it was very much just you know sucking us off essentially, but it was it, it was just far more open and and just businessman. Only twenty years, twenty years has passed. Of and I feel like it's been chipped away. You know all the stuff. You know just different bits over time where where stuff hasn't gone right or he's felt kind of backed into a corner. You have know, stuff about the spend. You hear him say on the documentary numerous times about the spend and oh but fans don't get it or don't understand how the how how hard it is to get this this right and the balancing act. And then and then obviously everything that happened, you know, when Hoddle came in with the whole Rivaldo and all that type of stuff when we were linked and people saying we were close and that's when they suddenly started closing up shop in terms of comment into the media and that type of stuff. And I just think he's been chipped away. And and I'm I don't know how you defend him now. Well, no, no, I, 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 I'm in exactly the same position, mate. Is that I, I, anyone who's listened to this podcast has known that I've defended Daniel Levy to the hill, and and before this point, I would continue to, and I was willing to give him 
willing to like my like I was like I'm the final straw right <laughs> I was willing to in my own head just say all right let's see what he does in the next couple of transfer windows after the coronavirus where it's everyone's on an even kill and just think right if we don't strengthen and and don't perform over the next two years or so or year then then you can start to think about whether or not he's done a bad job um but this is I, I can't in in all good consciousness it, it, uh in all good conscience um defend him now because it's just it's just ridiculous what's what's happened um well, I just want to ask you a question cal mm-hmm. um imagine you being Daniel levy and you know a year ago uh or two years ago you're approached by some giants in European football and they say to you we've we've got this plan we're going to build a new European competition and um we want you to be a part of it Mm-hmm. And it's going to guarantee you 300, 400 million pound a season. Is this something you're willing to explore? He would be crazy not to explore that. And I don't, without being checked in any point up until the point where we got this release, we know it was rumoured and muted, mooted to be uh, on the cards, some sort of Super League, but we didn't know any details. So he hasn't been checked. So there's no way that Daniel Levy and all of the other members of these squads could truly understand the um the uh, the fallout of, of of this you know intent to form the Super mm. League. And 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 in the way that's been their undoing because there's been no consultation. I'm not even saying consultation with the fans because there never is going to be. They don't really give a shit what we think. No. no consultation with the actual players or managers or other people. It's been their complete undoing but can you appreciate at least on a business perspective and and, and and actually on a practical perspective that Daniel Levy should be in this conversation if it's happening in Europe or should he just is there some sort of moral high ground that he should have stood upon yeah I, I think um I think it would have been naive of him to try and stand on some sort of moral high ground and go no this is wrong you know he, he, you know, pretty much the whole time has done what he feels is best for Tottenham Hotspur, the business. Perhaps not always the club, uh, sometimes the two cross over. Um, but he always wants to do what's best for himself, for his boss, Joe Lewis, and overall for the football club as a business. So, and you don't want to be left on the outside looking in. Um, I think it's safe to say that of the, the big six uh, English clubs that, that were invited, we are comfortably sixth in terms of club size. Um, so the, if we would have said no, there's a chance we'd have been left out and that would have been that. I don't think they'd have replaced us with an Everton or a Leicester. They just would have gone, well, fuck you, then we'll get somebody else. And so I understand why he would go along with it. Um, I do. And I think he kind of references that in his statement, if you like. But it's like you said, there's they didn't consult anybody and they didn't talk to anybody. And... I agree with Alex. He was on shaky ground for football reasons, um, you know, because of the two transfer windows about signing, the the consistent usage of Steve Hitchin when our recruitment has been fucking horrible for years. And it's, it has got to the point now where it's like, just fucking go. Like you're, or, and that's, and that goes back to what you said about uh, a new manager needing to speak English because he's never going to speak. He is the the should be the face of the of the cl- club, but he's not because he's fucking horrible at it, and I don't think he can hide his contempt for us as football fans. 
I don't know. I'm not sure about the point of, of you know, I'm done with kind of supporting or backing him or trying to find a reason as to as to why why he's not doing as well as he should do. But like saying go and stuff, the, the, my argument around that still hasn't changed. The, the, that's still a question of, well, who and when and for how much and why? Because the, the new anyone new that comes in now, the way that Spurs have positioned themselves, particularly to an American market, would would only lend itself to to JC someone Morgan, being, someone, <laughs> yeah, yeah, would only would only lend themselves some lend itself to someone being even more of the thinking of of the, you know Cronky, the FSG and the Glazers. Yeah, and and the thing is, I think people look at um, they. So first off, I think when a Spurs fan, and I'm not I'm not being dismissive. It's just this is the logical way of thinking. If you want Enoch out, then you want a a owner like Abramovich or the guys that own uh, Mansour, is it Mansour at Man City, who yeah. are going to be glory led first because their agenda is different. But the the buyers out there typically are are um, you know investment are, are there for the investment. FSG, although winning Liverpool the, the the Champions League and the league, they could have easily not done that. They had Klopp. And a great bunch of players, and they 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 lucked out with their recruitment because there's always an element of of luck. And some of the big players that they've the big money that they've spent on players haven't worked out for them. So there was an element of luck, but it all came together. But FSG isn't a, a, an example of if they came to Tottenham, there'd be absolutely no guarantee that they could re- replicate the successes that they had at, at, at Liverpool. So the, the 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 reality is that someone coming in would be looking to make money on their investment. Unless you do get and luckies in inverted commas because there are massive ethical like if people are talking about ethics and the way football clubs are run, then there's massive massive ethical arguments against Roman Abramovich and Mansour. So, unless yep. the only other thing that maybe could could happen is that is is that Levy is is removed or moved or is moved aside or goes to a different part of. Uh, of Enoch, you know, they have other clubs, for example, you know, or decides to canteen. Yeah, or, yeah, or, but decides to go and do something else, and and him as a figurehead is replaced um, yeah. by someone. That I think that is probably, <clears throat> in terms of us, it's probably the. It might not solve the fundamental issues, but it's definitely that 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 would be enough for me. Okay, all right, uh, John, do you want to add anything? Is there anything that's been sort of on your mind over the last couple of days that you want to add? I mean, I think that the boys summed up really well in terms of like, you know, it's um, it's easy to look as like a grass is greener type scenario. And despite all these issues, like I do have sympathy is completely the wrong word, but I can completely understand from a commercial point of view of those conversations happen. Do you want in? You're like, well, if I don't go in and this happens and everyone loves it, the fans will go mad because we're not part of something we could have been involved in. And we're all banging on about trophies and winning stuff. And he's like, well, here's guaranteed extra money. We can spend that on players and you don't want it. I'm confused. Like, what do you want? So I understand why he's got, why he felt that that was the right thing to do. Could he have communicated that earlier? I mean, I've heard like Martin and Kat on various different podcasts and radio shows and stuff in the last couple of days. And they've said like, no one saw this coming. No one was consulted. There was no mention of this even in, in a board level. So I wonder how high this goes in terms of how small the circle was at Spurs. And so when, when people talk about, oh, I'm done with the club, I'm like, you're done with Daniel Levy, not done with Tottenham. I, I was very much like, oh, I'm done with the club, but the, the club is us. The club is like, 
what it represents. If he drags us there, that's on him. That's, you know, I get that we, we only really have a way to vent that, which is to like vent it at, you know, paying in and supporting the club. But now that's over, let's be angry at Levy. Got Mason coming in for the short term. Let's see what happens with that. And when we eventually get a new manager, I'm just going to kind of try and focus on the football inside and hope we get some joy from that. I don't see Levy going because I also think he's not like an Ed Woodward, but he owns some of the club, right? He's literally involved. His family own a portion of, of the club via Enix. So it's a different setup with us than it is with some of those other clubs where they can essentially like have a sacrificial lamb that the fans can go, oh, that's good. We've won. We haven't won. The Glazers, the Glazers still own Man United. You haven't won Liverpool. Like he's come out with his. Oh, we apologise to all LFC fans. You haven't won. This has just gone away for a bit, and we need to be conscious of that as well. But I think there are a lot of fans out there. I think most fans just want us to go away and crack on, right? Yeah, they, they, I do. do. I do really. But yeah, just so, got to be realistic, right? Yeah, uh, we, well, I guess we all want to just enjoy football again. But um, there are some fans out there who think that this is an opportunity to actually make change, like see change in in um, in football. I don't think that's the case. But if we can make inroads into a better um, a better game, where you know it's less about money and less about um, you know the, <coughs> how powerful these owners are, and I keep saying Tottenham Hotspur is a PLC, like they're not; they're they're a private company, but they were, mm. and. Um, you know, as soon as they became that, we became something different. So if there is a way, I mean, the dream for me would be the, you know, 50 plus one scenario in in um, in Germany. But I, I don't know how that happens without huge government influence. You know, you, there, there'd be huge legal, but it, it's pretty much impossible to kind of... You know, what is that? What is that, Flav? Sorry. Uh, it means that 50, uh, it means what... Uh, 50, 50 plus one percent of the ownership is owned by the members of the right. club. So yeah. in 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 Germany, you have you, uh, uh, there can't be one body that owns more than forty nine percent of. So they can't control every decision. Right. Um, so that uh, fans will have there will be a, a board member, a fan board member who who would have a a, a vote. Uh, I've probably butchered that, but it ultimately means that there is a um, there isn't a company like Enoch who decides, or or the Cronkies uh, uh, at uh, or Glaziers who have just complete control over what happens within that company. That there is there is some uh, reconciliation for every decision made uh, in Germany. That that's fundamentally what it is. Oh, okay. I have one more question. Sorry, yep. um, Alex and John. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're both season ticket holders. How does this make you feel about renewing? Uh, well, I'm I'm not I'm not renewing. It's not partly because of of that. There's there's other stuff as well. Just stuff about just my life at the minute, which is, which just doesn't lend itself to it. But it's um, the debt you've racked up in the saunas, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, but I don't think. Uh, I, well, I, I say thing. I know I wouldn't have. I don't feel comfortable putting money into the club in any way, shape, or form at the minute. And I, and I wouldn't do it now. Um, Alex, you can't come back in. You can't come back in. You've, you owe us 900 quid. Oh, please. <laughs> please, please, though. Just, just, just one. One more session. One more, one more mini baby oil slash 15. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be, yeah. I'll be uh, in and out. I can get everything done in that time. <laughs> yeah. I think, I've been coming minutes. in for months. Come on. <laughs> you know me. Right. I'm good for it. I'm good for it. You're like, it's like you're, 
like you got bored of the pursuit of glory and trophies with Spurs, and now your pursuit is that of the ultimate sexual high. Baby oils, the 15 yeah. minute baby oil session. Yeah. <laughs> Drunk so, up, run up by my ankle, sucking another bloke off or something. <laughs> <laughs> We can't get you up there in 15 minutes, Alex. It's impossible. Come on, I can do it. You only have two minutes in the session. That's fine. Uh, John, you were saying something serious. Sorry. Uh, Boys, yeah. I, I've actually got to go. All right, right. Bye, mate. Bye, bye. All right. I'll see you later. Love you all. Love he's, you, got, he's, got you, session, he's got a session. He's got a session. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start without him. It'll be a nightmare. He'll lose five minutes. Um, yeah. yeah, mate. So I guess this is how I thought about it. When it was... European Super League, I was thinking to myself, I don't want any part of that. Like, not interested at all. And weirdly, I actually had it open, like, the day before. Like, should I I'll just have a look at what the process is to renew? Like, what do I need? How, like, quick is it going to be? Just double-checking it was all the right details because I'd actually requested to move my seat. So I'm sitting nearer to where, like, UNT are, Cal. Uh, and so I just left it. And then the news broke about the European Super League. So it's kind of good because I nearly just did it, just get it done. So I was looking at it thinking, no, probably not. But I am probably checked out of it and I can still watch this Super League on TV because most of the games are going to be overseas or half of them are going to be overseas anyway. So I'm not going to be able to go to most of them. So I'd have to watch that on TV. And the Premier League games become kind of meaningless or devalued. It it fundamentally like breaks my heart that like the World Cup potentially is at risk because... Like England players, if they're playing for Super League teams, might have got kicked out. I know that was all a threat, but in in your mind, right, you're running those scenarios too, going, that's the end of international football. As much as we loathe it, I fucking love a World Cup when England are in it, and I love Harry Kane being <laughs> the England captain. I love yeah. it. So that that was pretty heartbreaking. And I was just thinking, that's it, it's over. I've got Leighton Orient down the road. I could just go and watch them for a bit of real football and then watch, like, still follow Spurs at home, but don't have to pay in and contribute to uh, one of these greedy clubs that have, like, contributed to the end of football as we know it. Now that's gone away and I'm starting to think, well, we're going to get a new manager. Who are we going to sign? Does Kane stay? Back in the ground. The world's coming alive again. Thinking about catching up with you boys and having a few beers after the game and slagging each other off and having a laugh. And I'm like, I don't want to miss that. I don't want to miss out on that. And like, so do I take a stand for something that didn't actually happen but could always still happen? I don't know. I'm still conflicted, mate. We've got until whenever it is june or whatever to decide i'm just going to hold fire for as long as possible to really see what the club does next because Mm. they've got a lot of making up to do i think and i'm really curious to see what happens one of the things that's popped into my head just you saying that right it was like we hold as football fans we hold the um the structure of the game and everything we love about it very highly Mm. like compared to other societal issues like there wasn't this outcry when a player is abused racially do you know what i mean there mm. when 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 you've got migrant workers dying to build stadiums so we can have a world cup there ain't that outcry there is an outcry but no one gives a shit really do they mm. honestly people so just, generally don't care about things that don't affect them i know and, and 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 football affects so many people they're so emotionally invested <laughs> don't they um yeah. which is you know just shows you just goes to show um I don't know what the point is. Anyway, um... but to, to be fair though, we did we did uh, we did touch on that on on the um, pod we did about the the Super League. No, I'm not saying uh, we we're not. I know I understand you in terms of fallout. I'm not saying we we yeah. as as people on this podcast don't care about these things. It's just the outcry of this has been like as if someone was murdered 
Do you know what I mean? It was, and, and, and it's really important, but it's almost like the more important mm. issues don't don't get the same gravitas because people care more about football than they do about racial equality, mm. fundamentally, don't mm. they? That's fair. But those of, those of us that do care about that stuff, which, like you say, sadly is, is not enough people that it should be, I think that there is an opportunity potentially here for like whole, you know, the, the argument of like the Premier League and the FA, like being the sort of like the good guys in this scenario. And we kind of, and a lot of people have said like, they're both bad, but it's kind of a lesser of two evil scenario. I do think now that that's gone away. So like the, the super baddies have gone away. Now mm. we do need to turn our attention to like the shit things that's happening in the FA and UEFA. And we do need to start demanding that our players walk off pitches and just mm. ruin games, ruin tournaments. If our players get abused, take them off the pitch. Don't enter the tournament. England's a big draw in these tournaments mm. for the same reasons the Premier League, the top six are a big draw. Sorry, you've got a delivery. You can sign for it. Carry on, John. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. So I, I personally, like, I want my country to take a stand against racism and I want the FA to support the club's um, players and mm. any backlash from UEFA and FIFA in doing that. Mm. And now the fans have, like, made their voices known to these clubs and it's clear that you know, in the FA and all these media outlets are like going, yeah, this is a victory for the fans. Right, well, we also don't want racism in football. We want mm. our team to take a stand. I don't give a shit if... If in the Euros, game one, players get racially abused and we just leave the tournament. Mm. I would prefer that. I want them to take a stand against something mm. that's abhorrent in society that really is trivial in a football tournament. As much as I love football, it's not more important than racial equality. And so we need to do something. I feel like this is this is a sort of an opportunity for fans to do something like this. Yeah, 100%. Like, and it's the same way that... You know, you often wait for players to stand up and be really vocal about racism, and, and especially the ones that aren't black. You know, the the white captains across England who could make a stand and say the things that that would make a difference. Um, it, you know, that that that's what you want. You want to see that. You want to see Harry Kane at the forefront, going, "This is unacceptable," and not just Harry Kane, anybody. Um, and it's the same thing with it, like going back to the the um, the Super League. Is that does it bother you that none of our players sort of spoke out? You know, Henderson did. Yeah. Um, you know, Rashford did. James Milner, I think James Milner did. Uh, yeah. Luke Shaw. You know, does it bother you that none of our players did that? Yes. Yes, it does bother me. It really, it does. It but it it but does. I really like Jordan Henderson. Mm. He's uh, he's. He is the guy that's he's like the like in mafia terms, he's boss of bosses, he's captain of captains. Like he's the guy that kind of leads the captains association thing. Like I really like him and Rashford as well. They're they're not afraid to put their foot into something or their to put their their whole, you know, their brand or whatever into into a thing that's that they're passionate about. And I would love for our players, for Hugo Lloris, our club captain, or for Harry Kane, the England captain, to to be like that, to stand up for things that they believe in. Um, I think that would be brilliant if they did that. Um, they have their reasons why they don't. Um, maybe the club, the club kind of silenced them on it. But I imagine that Rashford and Milner and everybody else were perhaps under pressure from their owners to not to not say anything, but they still did. Uh, and Rashford's spoken a lot about, you know, kids' lunches and all that sort of thing. Yeah, they're, they're both of them are great. And I would love for our guys to be more like that. But they're not. Yeah, I agree, I agree with that. And I, I think it's the thing that, that sort of gets me is like young players that are like just breaking through to the team. Like they're looking at their careers. 
you know, from a financial security point of view, they're still in that moment. They get paid a lot of money, these guys, right? But it's not forever money. When you're Jordan Henderson or like a Harry Kane or a, a Hoiberg or a Lloris, you've got fuck you money for the rest of your life. You can say and do what the fuck you want because you are a millionaire many times over and you will never, ever struggle. Right now, if they all retired, those three, they'd have enough to live on forever and all their families live in luxury. So when it comes to causes like this or like these the racism issues, like... They should be outspoken, I think. Like, they don't have to be. And, like, ultimately, you know, there's, there's all of us could do more with these subjects, right? But they do have these massive platforms and they do get listened to and they do have an opportunity to, to take a stand. And you kind of feel like if you were in that position where you were as, like, um, high profile and passionate and, and passionately supported and protected like Harry Kane is, if he said, I am going to take the players off a pitch if they're racially abused. And I don't agree with this European Super League. I think it's fundamentally against the football that I loved. Levy can't do shit. He's not going to do shit to that because the backlash comes from the fans anyway. So they support him. And all it does is he just goes, well, you've undermined the club, Harry. And he's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Like, I am untouchable. Carragher said on Monday Night Football that he felt that Klopp was bigger than Liverpool's owners. I, I don't think that's true, but Harry Kane is bigger than Daniel Levy. I think He's Klopp, a guy. Go on. Also, it comes down to personality type as well, because not everybody is that leader. Not everybody wants to be the forerunner and be at the front of every conversation. And, and you're, you're asking like prominent players in squads to put their head above the parapet. When 99% of our population doesn't put their head above the parapet. So players are no different. You can't expect the players to to be... I mean, I wanted someone out of Tottenham just go, this isn't good enough. This isn't what we want. But by the same token, honestly, maybe if I was in that situation, I probably wouldn't be the one calling for a meeting. I'd go. I'd air my opinion, probably. But I wouldn't be the one going, let's fucking un- like smash this down, I don't think. I just don't... Because it's not part of my genetic makeup. And these... These people are, um, you know, the, the footballers are, are human beings too. And uh, so, so, some, you know, they might be doing it in private, you know, yeah. Hugo and Harry Kane, whoever else. They might not be out there on social media. Oh, I'm doing it on social media for clout. They're the ones perhaps walking into into the chairman's office and going, we don't want this. That's true. Because, you know, from, from their perspective, you know, we, we talk about the integrity of the club, right? Maybe they believe in the integrity of the club and they don't want to air the dirty laundry. And maybe they think this is bullshit, but they are protecting the overall integrity by saying to Daniel Levy in private, we need a meeting. We think this is a really bad idea, right? And then before it's even come out, these conversations have been had, it's over anyway, right? We, we don't know that. Maybe we're giving them too much credit, but I think Cal raised a good point about like people like Larice seems to me to be a guy that is, you know, for all of his drink driving problems, got quite a lot of integrity when it comes to this kind of thing. And I think Harry Kane has as well. I'm sure there's other players, but... Maybe they feel that way. Well, look at the way the uh, media twist everything as well. Like if, mm. if Harry Kane said, "I'm I I am absolutely against everything the club are doing here," that will be mm. that will be twisted into a million different transfer stories. Oh yeah. Like he's best served just to be quiet and get get on with his job to a certain degree. Anyway, uh, it's just this has just been sent through, and it may be bollocks. And you, this sort of stuff that sort of forward through messaging apps usually are bollocks. Um, but this is on the just sort of leave this we don't have to comment on it unless you guys want to but i'll just read this out um this is about the bust up between daniel levy and jose Mourinho. so just had a coffee with ivan whoever he is told me about what happened with jose basically he and levy fell out massively was in a collision course since january levy wanted to control too much as with him uh, everything is down to money 
Levy was constantly pressuring, pressuring him to play Delhi and Bergwijn. It's spelled incorrectly, so you know, that's, that's important. Uh, more, more as they had high transfer values and needed to be in the shop window. Same with Bale. Levy told him to uh, to that he's not paying two hundred pound a week, two hundred thousand pounds a week for him to sit on the bench. The bombshell, however, is follows us yesterday morning. Levy instructed him to play his strongest team versus Southampton, as there is still a chance they will get in the top four. Jose told him he wanted to save his best team for the final, but Levy told him that he doesn't care about the Carabao Cup. It's all about top four as the club priority is top four. Jose told him it sounds like he doesn't need a coach anymore uh, as he has it all worked out. Final now in the coffee was Jose telling him that this is why Spurs will never win anything because the club pro- the club priority is in the wrong place and that he's built a fantastic business, but it will always have a poor football team. Jose told Lucas that there are things in his contract he cannot disclose, but one day when he writes his book, he will expose Levy for the cunt that he is. <laughs> just sounds like bollocks, isn't it? Like, people yeah. writing this shit, like, why do you include that stuff? Because a lot of this thing's like, yeah, that could be plausible. Then you're just, like, you add... When you're saying it, he will expose Levy for the cunt that he is, that's you. That's your voice coming through, you yeah. idiot. Absolute idiot. Uh, than he is and everyone will see for themselves okay and then the fa- like, final part is this Jose told Kane he has to leave if he wants to win anything and fulfil his potential as the best striker in the world told Son to do the same but he also told him Levy will be a total cunt <laughs> about it and will not make it easy at all I don't know why I'm reading this out man the more I read this yeah. stupid it comes yeah. finally finally all the players were rejoicing yesterday apart from Mora, Vinicius apart from Vinicius and Hoibier oh, yeah who were genuinely saddened. Kane and Son stay professional. Lloris, Winks and Delhi led the celebrations. Led the celebrations. Like there was... Oh, oh. Do you know what this could be? A new bit, <laughs> new part of the fighting cock is we take these fucking messages and just break them down for the bollocks that they are. <laughs> Lloris, yeah. Winks and Dele led the celebration. Come on, boys. Let's get the gear out. Strippers, yeah. coke, everything. He's gone. <laughs> Okay, champion is no. <laughs> champion. They darted around in a circle with champagne spraying all over each other and stripping Fuggins. champagne sprayed all over their tits. And the mood, no cards. And the mood around the training was lifted, and they welcomed Mason and Powell with open arms. Oh, it's just oh, fantasy. This geezer's yeah, he's had a daydream and he's just written it down. I mean, it's just, it's just utter Mate, garbage. I, I love that. I think that that could be a genuine bit. If people can, if you listen to this and you found bits like these little rumours, it could be ITK, yeah. it could be bits for us to read out, and we'll break them down. And we, you know, if we believe them, we can talk about them. But if they're utter bollocks like that, <laughs> we'll expose him. Jose wants us to expose Daniel Levy for the cunt that he is. We call, could we? Sorry, I was going to say, can we call that section in the no fucking way? In yeah. the no fucking way. Uh, if, you, if you message us, if you, you can email us at uh, editor at thefightingcock.co.uk or tweet us at love the shirt. Uh, you can DM if you don't want us, you know, you don't, you don't want to post it. We, you send it in the DMs. We won't say who, who sent it. Um, and we'll review the rumours. We'll review the bollocks that, that people share about. Or it might not be bollocks. I think that would be a good way. I think that, uh, we'll end there, boys. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, John, Cal. It's been a difficult time, but I feel like we're on the brink of a new glory under 29-year-old Ryan Mason. Ryan Mason's Blue and White Army. Ryan Mason's Blue Army. Ryan Mason's Blue Army.
team box Everybody wanna come and run it, find it funny like a dummy in a bummy your mummy Ha ha, fighting cock and we don't give a shit Everybody knows flat baits and prick We can get a sticky in the mini, suck it willy When you're getting grilly, yeah, you gotta bang the milli bang, bang. Social Podcast Network. Sports 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 Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Target, you can find the things you need that also align with your sustainable goals and help you care for the planet. Target makes it easy to shop with the future in mind. With brands like Everspring, made with natural ingredients and recycled packaging, Target Clean Beauty products, formulated without chemicals and other harmful ingredients, and initiatives like Target Zero that offer zero-waste beauty solutions. All of these products are available at everyday low prices, meaning you never have to compromise what's important to you when you shop. Sustainable college essentials from recycled packaging and zero-waste beauty available at Target. Visit Target.com or head to your local Target store. Sports Social Podcast Network. Does your insurance agent treat you like family? Insurance Corporation is programmed to build interpersonal relationships with members of family units. We communicate on a four-name basis with all customer numbers. Only a human who knows you can create a plan that's right for you. That's why for more than 80 years, Farm Bureau Financial Services has built relationships first and plans second. It's your future. Let's protect it. Talk to a Farm Bureau agent today or visit fbfs.com protect. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.